Welcome to Aiming for More, a tool to help you start aiming for more than the status quo of Christian life. I'm Pastor Wes Walters of AIM Church in Southside, Alabama. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Aiming for More, a podcast to help you aim for more than the status quo of Christian life. In episode two, taking the pressure off is what we'll be talking about. Because of the great do-over of Christ, the second Adam, the pressure is now off of us. Now, there is a weight and a, a reverent responsibility in obedience for the Christian, but the weight is on the back of the one who carried the cross to Calvary, and he's more than strong enough to carry it. So in this episode, I want to walk through just a little section of Romans 5 so we can get a better picture of how God took the weight of sin and performing off of us and put it on Christ, and Christ crushed it. So now we can live free. We don't have to live with the weight of what other people put on us and what we do with our own sin. Now, I, st- I want to start with a, a thinking exercise, and I want us because I want us to feel our, our sin nature, realize that we have a problem. Uh, so think with me. What is your first inclination when you get cut off in traffic? I mean, maybe you're driving right now and that just happened. <laughs> what is your first inclination? Do you feel offended, like someone took your rights? What about when someone takes your parking spot and you were just about to pull in? Uh, what happens when you get charged too much or shortchanged? Uh, maybe a little bit more serious. What, what about if you have kids, someone picks on your kid or talks about them? What, if, what about one of their teachers does something that's just inane and you hear about it? Um, let's look at another part of our, our nature. What, what, what happens when someone, someone just shows up at your house unannounced? What, what do you feel? Like when your routine gets interrupted or changed? Or what about this? Uh, this is silly, but I struggle with this. When inanimate objects cause you pain, <laughs> you stub your toe or run into something, right? What's the first thing that comes out of your mouth and, and into your brain? What about, uh, let's, let's go a little bit more serious and personal. Uh, when your spouse doesn't recognize something you've done for them, how do you feel? Uh, wh- when someone you know and love gets sick, uh, you feel like, how can this be? What about when you're misrepresented or you're gossiped about or bullied? Uh, what about when you don't like what the Word of God says? You see, these are all things, and there's plenty more, that have uh, give us knee-jerk reactions that come from our sin nature. And our, our proclivity, because of that nature, is to think of ourselves first, right? Get what's mine or be right. And the problem with that is the only perfect and fair definition for what is right and moral and good does not come from within ourselves. It only comes from God because He alone is perfect and holy. So we have a choice to make. In one sense, uh, in our passage we're going to look at, Paul presents options for life, uh, which, as one commentator said, it, are the, ch- the choices are two. Belong to the humanity whose destination is determined by Adam, or belong to the humanity whose destination is determined by Christ. And so it, it makes sense to choose something that brings life, right? Uh, choose uh, whatever is good for us, right? But our problem is that we're cut from the cloth that brings death. We can't naturally choose it. We need help. We need a new nature. And so people often find out about the benefits of Christ and being a Christian 
and it sounds good, but then they find out the cost associated with it and they choose not to and they, they settle for death over life. And, and Christian, I, I want to plead with you, don't choose death over life. You're going to have to get over yourselves and give up a lot of things to follow Christ. As he said, take up a cross and follow me. But it is for the path of life. So Paul paints a really vivid picture in Romans 5 of what's better. And, and so let's let's lead up to verses 18 and 19, which is where we're really going to focus. But let me, let me get us there. In the previous chapters, uh, you see that our works are no avail towards salvation. Only one person's works will ever do Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. And so we, we find out as we move into chapter 5 that peace in life and peace with God only comes through faith in Christ's obedience. And the key there is Christ's obedience. And so in, in verses 1 through 11, Paul extends his thoughts from, from chapter 4 about faith uh, through verse 11, saying the faith that brought justification also brings hope and peace. And it's not found in the regular humans. It's found in the God-man, Jesus Christ. And then in 12 to 17, he compares the work of Adam to the work of Christ. So he says one thing in several ways. Uh, Adam, disobedience, sin, and death. Jesus, obedience, righteousness, life. Okay? And, and he goes about it several ways. Now let's get into verse 18 and 19 where he kind of does a little bit of a sum up of all of this. Uh, he, he, he sums it up, and here's where I think we can find hope to take the pressure off. Listen, he says... Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men. So Adam's sin led to sin for all men and condemnation. So just as that happened, one act of righteousness, Christ's work on the cross, leads to justification and life for all of us. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Jesus Christ was the great do-over. And so Adam and Jesus get compared by Paul here as, because they're representatives of mankind. Their, their actions have effect for all mankind. Adam, in that his sin made us all sinners by nature, and that sin results in death. Jesus, in that his sacrifice made reconciliation to God through grace and faith possible, and that faith results in life. So the work of Christ is not just some new work that somehow nullifies our sin or Adam's trespass. It's a greater work that makes possible a way out of this wretched body of sin that Adam imparted to us and this thing that makes us sin every day, right? It's a greater work that is made available to you and me. And, and I just want to ask, have you thought about that lately? The great work of Christ is available to you. Not, not just obviously, obviously for the work of justification, that was all up in chapter four, but he's saying now it's available to you for peace, for peace with God, both in salvation and in life right now. And gosh, we need to hear this because without Christ, we are Adam. We are born into sin. Psalm 51 says, I was brought forth in iniquity. I don't have a chance on my own. It's why you say choice words when someone cuts you off in traffic. It's why you hold on to things and you can't let them go when someone's wronged you or views you wrongly. It's our nature. Now, our other problem that comes along with that is we need the opposite, right? We need righteousness to get out of that state because it's impossible to well, live in peace, but also to be reconciled to God if we're unrighteous because he's holy and he won't have it in his presence. But even, even in that pursuit, you go, okay, I need righteousness. Let's figure this out. Let's do it. Even in that, you can't win because of your sin nature. Your, our attempts at righteousness 
are tainted. They're inadequate. Scripture calls them filthy rags. So what do we do? What do we do? We have to go back up to the beginning of chapter 5 and verse 2 where it says, we obtain access to this grace by faith. Faith in Jesus' righteousness on our behalf. Because we need Jesus' righteousness on our behalf. We need God to look down at us and see Jesus or we will not have eternal life and we will not be in his presence. Jesus is life and perfect righteousness embodied. He came and lived a perfect life and died and rose again. So the good news of Jesus' redo of Adam is what we all need. Uh, One commentator put it like this, grace throws the light that lets us see ourselves for what we are, incurably prone to the idolatry of regarding ourselves rather than God as the final hope of our redemption. It is in that way that grace leads us to the only repentance that matters, placing our trust finally and totally in God, not ourselves. So the reason for our hope is not going to be in a human. It's not going to be in ourselves. We ruined that from the very beginning. The reason for our hope is in the God-man Jesus Christ, who from the beginning planned to save us from death through his own death. Now we're not chained to death. We're not awaiting the judgment day and the wrath of God. We have freedom from the wrath that we deserve. Think about that. Let that sink in. You have freedom from the wrath that you deserve. We are free in Christ, and now we're looking forward to that day. We are not scared of it because we are bound. We are bound to Christ. Those of us who stand on that day are standing and are standing with Christ. There's not going to be any wrath for us, only grace and eternal life. Thank God for his rescue. Because think about what we were. Stuck in sin and death and deserving wrath of the wrath of God and judgment in hell. But Christ made a way out. Now, think back to the beginning when I was talking about all of those uh, daily decisions and scenarios where our sin nature becomes uh, comes to the surface and it, and it pops out and it looks nasty. And I want you to remember, you're, you're going to fight. You're going to fight that every day. You're going to want to revert to your Adam-like ways. And you don't, don't need to feel bad for something you can't control. It's just going to happen. But you need to fight, right? And with the good news that even though we come from Adam and we're naturally going to do that, the good news of Christ is that it was, it was a do-over, right? And we, can have, we have Christ for those moments and for eternity, right? And so we have to fight to recall our hope in Christ and that he has made us new, You don't have to give in to anger or whatever it is. And you don't have to be justified in anyone's presence because through Christ, you are justified in the presence of the only one that matters. And that's God. And so the most important justification there could possibly be is taken care of. And he's going to take care of everyone else. Scripture promises he'll exact judgment and vengeance and all that stuff. You don't have to do it. But it's very, very hard when we're sinned against. And so... Here's where obedience uh, in faith comes to help. And it's why we need each other, right? So through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, our obedience to being in the Word and on mission with God and with His people is how we can fight the temptation to rely on our own hearts. If we do not stay tethered to God, to the Word of God, through the people of God, and on mission and in prayer, how can we expect to have peace when it only comes through Him? How can we expect to have any kind of hope and realize that even the little sins that happen in the car in traffic are not actually little sins. Sin is sin. And we can have 
hope for even those little things that we call little things and for the big ones as well. We see here in Romans 5 the work of Christ and the faithfulness of God through him for his glory and for his children brings that faithfulness to us and therefore we have peace and hope in God alone. I want to end by reading a quote from a George Whitfield sermon. It says this about Romans 5. Christ's whole personal righteousness is made over to and accounted ours. We are able to lay hold on Christ by faith and God the Father blots out our transgressions as with a thick cloud. Our sins and our iniquities he remembers no more. The flaming sword of God's wrath, which before moved every way, is now removed, and the free access is given to the tree of life. We are enabled to reach out the arm of faith and pluck and live forevermore. And what a privilege is here. O believers, lift up your heads and rejoice that the Lord Christ is made to you righteousness for God. What then shall you fear? Amen. I hope this episode, looking at the finished work of Christ, gives you hope and takes the pressure off. We don't need to try harder to be more faithful because it will get us to God. We can live more faithful to God because Christ has already perfectly done it. And then he gives that to us. So the next time you screw it up, just feel it, sit in it, repent of it, and then praise God for the forgiveness that is available through Christ. And use those moments by the power of the Holy Spirit to seek to grow in him for that next moment of faith. Because chances are the next moment to exercise faith is right around the corner. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Aiming for More. If you have any questions, please message the show. Or you can check out aimchurch1.com. We'll see you next time.